the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob Fretz. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Monday and we're rolling. It's the 24th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And we've got a very important show lined up for you today, as we do each and every day, to be quite frank with you. But coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk to one of the uh, one of the heavy hitters in the United States Congress, our uh, ranking member of the Judiciary Commission, a man who, or committee, a man who ought to be the chair of the Judiciary Committee come uh, this time next year. As a matter of fact, 10 months from now, in uh, early November of 2022, the votes should be in. And yes, a massive, massive Republican tsunami is expected. And that would make Jim Jordan the committee chair rather than the ranking member. And it would, of course, put all of the uh, committees in uh, GOP control, which is something we'll talk about. Because it's extraordinarily important right now as we continue to watch what is going on in the... uh, in Washington, D.C., both at the legislative level with the Congress and, most importantly, at the executive level, and scratch our heads and wonder what happened to the country we once knew. What happened to a country or to the country who elected officials to provide, as the Constitution demands, security for the people of the United States of America? Security to protect them. That is extra- That's a massive, massive part of the job. And for the second time in less than a calendar year of of time going by, Joe Biden is abandoning American citizens 
in a foreign potential or already war zone. You saw this play out just a few months back, back in the summertime. You saw Joe Biden abandon American citizens on his direct command, telling everybody exactly when we were going to be getting out of Afghanistan, when the last troops were going to be out of there, uh, when the last uh, planes were going to be leaving. And if you didn't get on one of them tough, you know what? Sorry about your luck. And there are still, to this very day, Hundreds of American citizens stuck in Afghanistan, hiding from the Taliban, hoping not to be made an example of, because they were abandoned by one of the most reckless military withdrawals in American history. And everybody knows why, and everybody knows what should have been done in Afghanistan, and everybody, everyone knows what was not done in Afghanistan. Evacuating civilians while the military is still there, and enforcing... Um, you know, the, the space for those evacuations. That's how you do it first. The citizens or the civilians rather go first, then all of the military equipment, then the remaining soldiers. The extraordinary incompetence of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mark Milley, and others at the highest levels of the Pentagon was on full display, and Americans are still suffering over there now. Here we are, less than a calendar year later, really about a half a year later, and what are we seeing? It's being repeated all over again. Joe Biden, basically, I'm going to steal a headline from redstate.com. Joe Biden just told Americans in Ukraine to go jump in a lake. That's well said. That's exactly what has happened here. As Joe Biden did his little press conference in the middle of last week, his embarrassing display of weakness and uh, undecidedness, uh, or indif- uh, I mean, his, his inability to articulate a clear, coherent, strong strategy on how to deal with tyrants or dictators, in this case we're talking about Vladimir Putin, from invading and annexing an ally nation of ours. He had no earthly idea how to express any kind of clear, concise, direct, strong, and will-be-followed plan. And Vladimir Putin knows it, so he has continued to stack troops at the Russian-Ukrainian border in clear violation of the threats, if you want to call them that, of the weak president who said a minor incursion wouldn't really make us do anything. A minor incursion is no big deal. That extraordinary weakness on, the interna- weakness on the international stage is emboldening not only Vladimir Putin, but also Xi Jinping, also the Ayatollah, also Kim Jong-un. Every American, or a big part, every American enemy, rather, um, is watching how Joe Biden deals with Vladimir Putin in the Ukraine crisis. And they are just, you know, rubbing their hands together with excitement about what they can try to do now because of the weak, ineffective leadership of the American president. And that is exactly what we're seeing. So now Joe Biden has to try to backtrack. And now he's talking about sending troops, a few thousand, 3,000, 5,000 or so troops into Eastern Europe, not necessarily right into Ukraine, but into Eastern Europe as a deterrent to Russia from invading Ukraine. Now we're talking about potential ground troops in Ukraine. Again, not at the beginning, but potentially in Ukraine. 
maybe going toe-to-toe with the Russian invasion. Are you kidding me? And if that happens, of course, everybody is in jeopardy, including and especially American citizens. There are roughly, according to estimates, 40,000 Americans in Ukraine. 40,000 Americans. Now, will Joe Biden have learned from his catastrophic mistake in, in Afghanistan? The one that involved uh, and ended up with 13 American servicemen and women losing their lives? Will he have learned anything from that? Apparently not. Because again, rather than getting the civilians out first, he is talking about sending the troops first. And then saying, oh, uh, by the way, um, civilians, you might want to get out. That's why Red State wrote, told Americans in Ukraine to go jump in the lake. Now the call to leave the country has extended to all Americans, unfortunately because absolutely no lessons were learned from Afghanistan, exactly as I was saying, the Biden administration is not planning on offering any help whatsoever. In fact, they basically told Americans in Ukraine to go jump in a lake. From the State Department uh, uh, call, and this was reported by Jennifer Griffin, from the State Department call, quote, Given that the president has said military action by Russia could come at any time, the U.S. government will not be in a position to evacuate U.S. citizens. So U.S. citizens currently present in in, uh, Ukraine should plan accordingly. Arrange commercial flights. Telling Americans to plan accordingly. Get on your own commercial flight out of Ukraine or whatever happens to you is on you. This is beyond embarrassing. This is beyond incompetent. The ineffectual weakness of this president is going to get more and more Americans killed. It's probably going to get us into a situation where we have to go to war with somebody we don't want to because of his weakness prompting and promoting that aggressive warlike action from some of America's most hardened enemies. I mean, this is incompetence on full display. Who's running the White House? It is not that very, very weak, shaky old man. It is not. Is it Tony Blinken in state? I don't know. Is it Ron Klain, his chief of staff? I don't know. Is it Kamala? No, we know it's not Kamala. She's too incompetent herself. But clearly, this is, this is what Joe Biden is articulating is not what's actually being done. Because he's not articulating anything. In fact, he's very, very inarticulate. Responses coming in from all around the political uh, spectrum to Biden's warning that, um, by the way, 40,000 American citizens who are in Ukraine right now, it's on you to find a way to get yourself out. Another abandonment of Americans, just like, maybe not identical to, but very similar to, Afghanistan. And some of the responses include Ben Shapiro, Daily Wire. Probably he'll get everyone out. I mean, it's not like there are still Americans stuck stuck in Afghanistan or something. Obviously, tongue-in-cheek. John Cooper Heritage. Russia has been massing for weeks, and now the Biden administration is telling Americans stuck in Ukraine there's nothing they can do to get them out? This administration is criminally incompetent. Criminally incompetent. Monica Crowley, former Trump official, Biden Harris still cool with abandoning abandoning Biden Harris still cool with abandoning Americans in war zones. That's easy to say. Carol Markowitz, New York Post. We're just going to make leaving Americans in war zones an ongoing thing, huh? 
I remember in my 20s arguing with, with someone that one of the great benefits of being an American was that no matter what and no matter where, my country was going to come and get me. Oops. Nate Madden, GOP comms. Holy crap, it's August all over again. It's true. Whatever happened to no man left behind? That used to be a mantra in this country. It used to be a mantra of the American military. But they left hundreds of Americans behind in Afghanistan, and now they're about to leave thousands of Americans behind, even as war is, is creeping toward Ukraine in the form of this invasion by the Soviets and a potential pushback by American troops. I mean, we're literally saying, forget about no man left behind. It's no man's coming up because we don't have time for you. We're busy. We're busy fighting a war. We're busy dealing with the Taliban over there. We're busy dealing with Putin over here. And it's up to you to get yourself out. This is incredible. It's never, ever been the case before. Where a single American president has on direct command um, literally abandoned American citizens in hostile war zones or in hostile territories like the ones, uh, or like Afghanistan under the control of the radical Islamic extremist Taliban. 40,000 Americans in Ukraine. Multiply Afghanistan and the disaster there by, well, many, many times. Thousands. Like I said, hundreds in Afghanistan, tens of thousands in Ukraine, and that is the reality. And maybe that is why Joe Biden, even according to one of his biggest cheerleaders, Chuck Todd on on NBC and the Today Show, Chuck Todd admitted that Joe Biden is no longer seen as competent and effective. I question when he was ever seen as competent and effective, because I don't see a big difference between Inauguration Day 2021 last year and January 20th of this year. I don't see a lot different. I see just more and more people coming to the realization of the things that I already knew and that you already knew. And many of us were shouting, how is it humanly possible for this doddering, old, babbling, incoherent man to have gotten more votes than any uh, candidate in American presidential election history? How is it possible? Because he's no different now than he was 12 months ago. He's gone. He's lost. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what time it is. And he doesn't care, moreover. He's not just now losing his grip. He never had one since he was elected. We'll talk more about that as we continue. It's 920, so here's what we're going to do. We have to start our program, and my apologies, I didn't start it at the very top, with our Pledge of Allegiance, but let's make that good before we go to our first break. Uh, Friends and patriots, please go ahead and stand, if you would. Go ahead and face the flag if you have one nearby. Put your hand on your heart and join us for this pledge. If you are not a fan of the flag, if you are not a fan of this great country, if you are a Biden voter, if you are a supporter of leaving Americans behind in hostile war zones, well, then you go ahead and take your knee next to a former, uh, your favorite ex-quarterback. Let's put it that way. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Jim Jordan joins me after the uh, bottom of the hour news right here on AM 1420, The Answer. You're listening to Always Right. Right, right back. Yeah. 
Always Right with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. It's a pretty astounding thing to realize that the weakness, the ineffectiveness, the embarrassing display that is being put on by your leadership uh, is, is going to get people killed. You know, I, I hate to go back and, and do this. A lot of people do it, though. Um, you know, they complain about how embarrassing it was to have the President of the United States sending out mean tweets. And I will admit to you, you heard me on this program. I've been doing this program now for, this is my eighth year, here on AM 1420, The Answer. And many, 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 many times during the four years of the Trump presidency, when he would send out certain tweets that were embarrassing, that were unnecessarily provoking, just just poking a hornet's nest that he didn't need to, I condemned it. I, I supported our president. I supported his policies. I supported the results that he got. I did not like a lot of that stuff, to be real. But no amount of mean tweets, no amount of embarrassing statements was going to get Americans killed because his, when it came down to it, his decision-making, his policy-making was spot on. No, no, no world tyrants tried any of this garbage when Trump was president. No, no Syrian dictator was, was crossing red lines drawn in the line by Donald Trump because they knew what he would do. He dropped the Moab for crying out loud in Syria. No, Ayatollah was making moves against the United States. No Chinese Communist Party leader was making aggressive actions against the United States. Vladimir Putin wasn't doing any of this stuff like he is right now, like he did when Barack Obama was president, when they annexed Crimea. Didn't do any of it when Trump was president. They all knew there's a difference between mean tweets and effective leadership, and weak, ineffectual statements on the world stage that project weakness to America's enemies. There's a difference. Mean tweets are not nice. I agree. And I don't like them. And I don't think they're always productive. I think they hurt the cause sometimes. That's reality. That's reality. But when it came down to it and the rubber hit the road, Donald Trump was seen as being a strong, strong leader who was in charge of a powerful, forceful military that he was going to use if it was necessary. He didn't want to use it. No provocative wars. No preemptive strikes. But they knew that this strong leader was not going to play these games with them. Now, here comes Joe Biden slurring his words and stammering and falling asleep during the press conferences, putting his head down, whispering into the microphone, yelling at reporters. So, I mean, just just being every bit the cognitively declining man that he is and announcing, yeah, well, if there's only a brief incursion, a minor incursion into a, a, a sovereign nation, one that we are allies with, well, that'll be you know something we probably won't do anything about. But if it's a major invasion, if they do everything they're capable of, well, then, yeah, there's going to be a price to pay. You see those kind of things coming in. What do America's, or excuse me, yeah, America's enemies, 
particularly those who are dictatorial and tyrannical, what do they do? They immediately start moving against the, against the express wishes of the American president because they know he's too weak to do anything. And he is. Joe Biden is easily the weakest president we have ever had, at least in my lifetime. Got to go back a ways if you wanted to study all of that, okay. And he's the weakest since Jimmy Carter. And he's, I think he's weaker than Carter. And now, according to Chuck Todd on uh, 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 NBC's Today Show, of course, he is one of the fanboys for Joe Biden. He's a sycophant. He has continued to pump him up and prop him up at every single turn to argue with anybody who dared disagree with the great Joe Biden. Now he's even acknowledging the reality of the situation. The people of this country do not trust him. The people of this country do not believe that he can effectively lead a nation. President Biden's news conference on Wednesday was designed to kick off a second-year reset of his presidency. Cap recaptures political identity, if you will. But our, MB- our new NBC News poll suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity a bit. He's no longer seen as competent and effective. He's no longer seen as a good commander-in-chief or perhaps most damaging as easygoing and likable. In fact, just 5% of adults say Mr. Biden has performed better than expected as president. One of the many lowest firsts and fewests in our poll. And as we kick off our Meet the Midterms... He didn't do do part two of that. He didn't do part two. Part one was 5% of adult Americans believe Joe Biden has outperformed his expectations. The second half of that was... 36% 36% of American adults believe he has done below uh, expectations, performed lower than expectations. 5% to 36%. 31 points underwater on how you're meeting your expectations. That's a disaster for the President of the United States. Biden just doesn't seem to know it. He honestly does not know how America thinks of, what, what America thinks of him. That's why in his naivete... And quite frankly, probably in his slumber, because I think I was—I heard somewhere he probably spent three or four days preparing that press conference, and it was probably all he did for three or four days, and that had to take a lot out of his old, withered body. He just wasn't all there, and he's not all there on a daily basis. Um, but the reality of the situation is, is that uh, the, the American people see it, and they know weakness when they see it, and moreover, they know that America's enemies know it when they see it. And that's why the polls are what the polls are. That's why the competency factor matters so much. Let me take a time out here. I want to discuss some of this. And uh, we are definitely going to discuss the situation uh, at the Russian-Ukrainian border with Congressman Jim Jordan. He'll be joining me next after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. upside down and the majority turns to the left turn to the right always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer 936 as we continue good monday morning to you always right on am 1420 the answer let's bring in congressman jim jordan for his regular monday chat as he always is kind enough to give us congressman good morning how are you sir i'm fine bob uh how are you doing I'm great. Uh, thank you. Do what you said you would do. That's the name of your book. I, I just wanted yeah. to, I wanted to plug that because I'm sitting I here. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's for two purposes. One for the for the plug, but two because it applies here. I am blown away that we are about to repeat 
what happened in August. He let, yeah, he being scary. Joe Biden said he would protect Americans. He said that he would look out for Americans. He said he would follow the Constitution and the oath that he took. He abandoned hundreds of Americans. Yeah. In Afghanistan, on direct command, uh, in, in one of the most ridiculously sloppy, misguided uh, evacuations or withdrawals uh, from a war zone in, in American history, hundreds of them are still hiding and dodging the Taliban right now in Afghanistan. And now, uh, it, we're going to do it all over again. Congressman, yeah. he, they're, they're saying we, we, we may be sending troops to kind of deter the Russians from, from a, oh, an, a minor incursion into Ukraine. So 40,000 yep. American civilians, you're on your own. We can't evacuate you. Try to find some commercial flights and get out of there. It's, it's happening all over again, Congressman. No, and we've talked about this, Bob. It just shows what, what happens when you have uh, weakness uh, in the Oval Office, when you have... Um, no plan. But, uh, you know, look, and it wasn't just we left Americans behind. We left billions of dollars of equipment and weapons behind in Afghanistan. And most importantly, 13 Americans gave their lives for our country, one of them from the 4th District of Ohio, from Northeast Ohio. Um, so, and here we go again. This is the, this is the same president who told us he had a plan uh, for, for dealing with the, the virus. This is the same president who said, we'll never impose a vaccine mandate. Uh, I mean, this is the same president who's told us time and time again one thing. It turned out not to be accurate. Um, and here we go again. And as you, as you point out, this is, this is about American lives at stake. Um, but it, it just underscores what we've talked about so much that, that, when you when you don't have strength coming from the president of the United States and from the administration, uh, bad people do bad things and and bad things happen around the world and that's that's what we're seeing firsthand. Unfortunately, I was running down before you came on in my opening monologue. I was running down just some of the uh, American enemies who who have to be watching this so closely and are rubbing their hands together like a cartoon villain, but they're real villains. Yeah. When you project this kind of weakness on the world stage when dealing with Putin, how does that make Xi Jinping feel? How does that make the Ayatollah in Iran feel, the Ayatollah Khamenei? How does that make uh, Kim Jong-un feel? I mean, there are American enemies all and enemies of our allies all over the place watching to see whether we allow one yeah. of our allied nations be invaded by Vladimir Putin because they're going to take their their cues from that aren't they well yeah i think the bad guys are salivating at the potential to do bad things things that they want to do to come after us and our allies mm -hmm. and then our allies think about if you're in president Zelensky's shoes remember it was just it was just a little over two years ago the democrats were impeaching president trump based on a phone call he had with president Zelensky. the same president Zelensky who uh, thought the phone call was great the same president Zelensky who was appreciative of the things the trump administration did for ukraine who understood this new this new guy coming in, President Zelensky, was a guy actually reformer doing things right. Think about what he feels like today, uh, and how how he's been treated by the Biden administration. So it's it, yeah, it's, it's how this these actions embolden the bad guys around the world, but also what it means to our allies. What are they? They're they're questioning. They're like, what's going on? What, what do we really take the Biden administration at their word in the future? I mean, that that is again that that is why this is so critically uh, important and so dangerous as well. 
You know, you, you mentioned the name Trump, and I, I have to bring it up for the purpose of comparison here. You know, when Barack Obama drew a red line uh, in the sand in uh, Syria uh, back when yeah. he was president, and they crossed it, he did nothing. Uh, when Bar- I mean, Barack Obama allowed the annexation of Crimea by the Russians and did nothing. When President Trump was in when was in office, Vladimir Putin made no such moves. Uh, Xi Jinping caved in on the on the um, uh, uh, trade imbalance. Uh, you know, yeah. Kim Jong Un stopped testing long range missiles. When we had a strong president in office, and they knew this is a guy not to be trifled with because he'll drop a Moab on us, which is something that he did, by the way. Yep. Um, you know, sure and, he, and he took out he took out one of the world's uh, you know uh, 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 worst Islamic terrorists. I mean, they saw what would happen if they messed around in his watch, and I, I just hope the rest of the nation is paying attention. Look at the actions of our, our strongest and most dangerous enemies when a Democrat is in office, like Barack Obama, projecting weakness, when Joe Biden is there, compared to when we have a strong leader in office. Because it matters to American lives, doesn't it? It sure does, and the country is noticing. I always say there's a reason that Joe Biden's approval rating is at 33%, because this guy has done nothing right. Everyone sees it. In fact, I would say his approval rating is even lower, because I saw a poll last week that said only 20 to 28% of the country wants him to run for re-election. That's the real approval rating. So only 28% of the country thinks this guy's doing anything worthwhile. Um, so, yeah, the country gets it. They understand that this weakness is not good for our allies. It's not good for the world. Most importantly, it's not good for the American people. And um, I think I think it's I think it's coming through loud and clear. Now, having said all of that, Congressman, there is always a debate in this country about about whether or not we want to commit American blood to an international uh, crisis that may or may not directly impact Americans here at home. Not those who are living overseas or working there, but 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 the homeland. In other words, there are a lot of people yeah. who are saying we don't belong over there don't send any troops over there it's not our fight uh as as an old saying goes this is not our circus those are not our monkeys we don't need to deal with that we shouldn't put american americans in harm's way what is your feeling on that argument should we consider sending troops over there to stop putin in order to stop all of the other shenanigans you and i just discussed yeah i think i think you got to be real careful about ever sending troops there i i I agree with what what you just said uh, bob and how you how you explained it um I, I think we got to look. Someone said yesterday. I think it was even. After, uh, I think it was even uh, uh, Chuck Todd said that um, that you that you Europe should care more, uh, as, uh, more about Europe than America does. You know, that, like this is this is this. Is, we, we need to keep that in mind. So um, yeah, I think that is that is something that we got to be really careful about putting troops over there. So uh, uh, the the, the uh, I, I think even like the left is is is. is sees the, the concern there so um we'll see how this, this what, what, out, what if what if what if we do issue sanctions though uh i apologize for stepping over there what if we do issue sanctions though uh of an economic nature and they don't deter putin from going and uh, and you know ten thousand or twenty thousand well, or whatever russian troops go into go into ukraine so the sanctions didn't work i guess we could strengthen them even more but eventually I mean, are we are we ever going to be be at a point where we say, "Look, we told you not to do it, and you did it. And now here we come." Well, I don't. I mean, look, I, I would go back to this. We sort of blew that chance, didn't we? I mean, th- this is why the Nord Stream pipeline was so so important. That whole issue, and then why we want to be energy independent. I mean, th- this was, you know, decisions you make ahead of time have consequences, have implications, and we're seeing that play out. It's again, it goes back to what we started with. When you when you're that weak that soon, and you send the wrong message. 
then you get yourself in this position. If we'd have done things the right way, the way Trump was doing them, and, and stood up to Russia early on in this administration, um, we wouldn't be in this situation. Th- th- that's the takeaway here. So we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. But I, again, I think the American people are. I, I, I think they're real reluctant, as am I, to be talking about putting troops uh, in in uh, in Ukraine. I am too, but I am also very reluctant to allow Vladimir Putin to do whatever he wants because that triggers the actions of a whole lot of bad actors. Yep. So it's, a, it's yep. a balancing act here, no question about it. Uh, Congressman, uh, you mentioned about making decisions. That leads me into the Voting Rights Act, uh, which we know is misnamed or mischaracterized. It's a voting, we already have voting rights. It's a voting laws yep, act. They sure want to change the voting rules. That's essentially all, all it was. Uh, Mansion and Cinema held the line uh, at the end of last week. I was very, very happy and very, very impressed about that. Uh, as a result, by the way, the uh, Arizona Democrats have sanctioned—I'm sorry, censured rather—Kirsten uh, Cinema. Uh, I don't think that's happening in West Virginia. But my question to you is: Is it dead now? Uh, is this is this move to abolish the filibuster, or at least to change it and to and to uh, mm-hmm. push through this federalization of the vote? Is that dead now, or are the Democrats still going to have to try something? Because I don't see them accepting the inevitable uh, red wave yeah. in November. Well, I sure hope it is, and I and I you know like you said, God bless uh, the, the the two senators who did what they said they would do, uh, told, you know, followed what they told their constituents they were going to do if they if they were in office. So. Uh, God bless them. It seems to be in big trouble now. Let's hope it stays that way. But you're right. The Democrats, again, we, we, <laughs> what else are they going to do? I mean, they, they got nothing else to talk about. So they're going to make up this issue that somehow in Georgia, when you require people to show an ID to vote, that somehow that's, that's disenfranchising people. It makes no sense. American people get it. It makes no sense. So uh, they're going to they're going to keep focusing on on it. But I gotta think. I gotta think we're in a good position on that bill. What's starting to worry me now is they want to spend more money. I mean, we got billions and billions of dollars out there that has been been allocated uh, to help us deal with COVID, and a bunch of it hasn't been spent. A lot of it hasn't been spent yet. They're talking in the Senate, and 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 Democrats are talking about allocating and, and appropriating a bunch more uh, money and exacerbating the already forty-year high inflation problem we have. Congressman Jim Jordan is my guest. Two more quick ones, Congressman. I know I've only got you for three more minutes. Um, it's National School Choice Week. I found out that out this yep. morning, strangely enough, because I'm very, very much a proponent of school choice, but I didn't realize it was this week. What is being done at the congressional level, if, if anything, or to your knowledge at the state level in Ohio, to get kids out of woke public schools and into private settings that focus on education without bankrupting parents in the process? Yeah. Well, at, at the state level, you know, education at the state uh, yeah, you know, largely a state issue, which is where we want to keep it. Um, the leadership in the in the General Assembly is doing good work. I mean, Matt Huffman, President of the Senate, is is a strong proponent of school choice, and every year in the budget process, he is increasing the uh, the, the the school choice uh, opportunities for kids in our public schools, which is a which is a great thing. So uh, we need to keep doing that. I've I've said I've said this in interviews on on TV that. Um, don't vote for any candidate unless they're for allowing moms and dads to send their kids to the school that they, that they think they're going to get the best education. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Make sure who you're voting for is someone who believes in empowering parents, empowering families, uh, so that their kids can get the right kind of education. And that, that is, I think, just fundamental. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and you're right, of course, um, education is a state-level thing, but there are federal funds that go to various states for various things. Is there anything that the, the Congress can do in terms of funding oh, yeah. uh, in order to try to facilitate what we're talking about at the state uh, legislative level? Great, great question. We should say, if you're one of these schools 
teaching critical race theory, you're not going to get federal grant dollars. If you're a school district that's, that, that has, has a graduation rate so low, we're not going to give you, uh, a, a, unless you offer parents an opportunity to get their kids to a better school, we're not going to give you money. Uh, we should just say you get no federal funds unless you're, you're, you're a district that's actually given parents a choice. Um, all those things we can look at, and we should, because one thing I've learned is there's always the appropriation bills always get passed. Funding the government always happens. And that's the bill where you can say, all right, these funds are going to go out. They better go out for the right reason. Last one, Congressman, because I know you've got to go. The bad guys are out there shooting cops like it's free. Uh, you saw what happened with the rookie in New York. Now just uh, over the weekend, uh, uh, an officer shot in a, a traffic stop oh, yeah. in Texas. It's, it's all over the country, this extraordinary hike, or the spike, rather, in violent crime. Um, there was not a single mention of it, to my understanding, at the press conference. Biden spoke for two hours. Not one person asked him a question about the rise in violent crime in America under his watch and the soft-on-crime policies uh, and the abolition of police uh, uh, you know, calls that have been made by his yeah. party. Why is that? Well, I think what also is interesting is I don't think there was one question about the situation on our border. And I think that in some ways you can say, like, you know, when you, when you don't enforce your border, and you let criminals, uh, and then, and also in the bigger ur- ur- urban areas, you're letting criminals just out on bail and not, not, not keeping country. That, that is, there's sort of, there's sort of two issues that are kind of linked. And, um, um, yeah, it's a problem. But I, you know, when you defund the police, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. When you don't have bail, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. When you spend a summer like the Democrats did in 2020, uh, calling rioters and looters, uh, peaceful protesters, you probably shouldn't be surprised when you have more crime. And that's the situation we're in, and it's not going to change until the leaders um, actually aren't, aren't, aren't left-wing Democrats who, who advocate all this crazy, crazy policies that have given us the situation we're now find ourselves in. That's, that's very well said. That is exactly what I was kind of uh, hinting at as well. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much for the time this morning. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Jim Jordan is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. He should be the chair of that committee uh, at this time next year. But, yeah, the last thing that I asked him, not a word at that press conference on violent crime, on the uh, smash and grabs, on the looting of the railroad cars, you know, the um, uh, the uh, shipping containers, uh, on the extraordinary number of police officers, as I said, being shot ambush style or in other kinds of, of cowardly attacks. There is a crime wave that is just overwhelming this country right now. That's why gun sales are, again, at an all-time high. They continue to go through the roof. People know they can't defend them, or they can't wait for police to come and defend them. They're going to have to defend themselves. I, I hate to sound this way, but if you ever saw the movie The Purge, I just feel like we're, we're, we're in that kind of realm. The purge allowed every person in America for the purposes of, or excuse me, not the purposes, but for a period of 24 hours to go and commit any crime they wanted. Any crime they wanted, it was legal. It was free. The belief was if they got all of that bad stuff out of their system in 24 hours, and then for the other 364 days a year, they weren't committing any crimes whatsoever, or else they were put to death or sanctioned or, or, or whatever the punishment was really harsh. Um, you know, that, that that would be a better way to run society. I actually didn't see the movie. I just know the premise to the point that I'm describing it anyway. But that's what I feel like. They're running around as if it's purge time and it's free. I can go shoot who I want, rape who I want, assault who I want, burn what I want, smash what I want, take what I want, 
And once I get processed, if I get arrested at all, once I get processed, there'll be no cash bail. They're going to let me out. What do I have to worry about? It's almost like purge territory. 952. We'll take a time out. I've got time. Guess what? Congressman Jordan was our only guest today. So that means the phone lines are yours now between now and the end of the broadcast. Dial it up, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Always right. AM 1420, The Answer. When the stupidity of the left hurts. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Always right with Bob France. Oh, God, I felt good. Yeah. On AM 1420. 955. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Jim Jordan as well. So I want to hit this real quick. Um, I played for you a few moments ago. Why does this matter? Let me try to make some sense of this. I played for you before Congressman Jordan came on Chuck Todd's comments about how Joe Biden is not seen by Americans as competent and effective. He says no longer seen as competent and effective. I question whether or not that was ever. But he, and this is the Today, or not the Today Show, beg your pardon, Meet uh, Meet the Press. This is NBC's Meet the Press host Chuck Todd saying Americans don't believe Joe Biden is competent and effective. He cited a poll that showed only 5% of American adults believe Joe Biden has outperformed expectations. 36% believe he has underperformed expectations, whatever those are. I want to add NBC to CNN here. Because what you get when you add CNN and Chuck Todd, or excuse me, ABC, NBC and Chuck Todd, to what I'm about to share with you from CNN this has got to be just terrifying for liberal Democrats and for the Biden administration. They're losing, at least to the extent that we will have these clips, they're losing the support of their most rabid, radical base, left-wing cable news, or left-wing legacy news in the case of Meet the Press. But I gave you Chuck Todd, now here's Scott Jennings, CNN contributor, talking to Anderson Cooper about the reality of where the Biden administration is right now. You know, but don't try and sell them what they won't believe. Scott, I read a piece that you just wrote, uh, essentially saying this is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden does. Yeah, well, he, he I, I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate really to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really uh, pretty clear. 50-50 Senate, a near 50-50 House, and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic. And he's been angrier than I think people expected. He's been more divisive. He's been more partisan. You look at the issues. We built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia, COVID, and democracy. The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. We got more deaths under Biden than Trump. And now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems. And an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28 percent of Americans want the sitting president to run for reelection and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster. Are they able to? I and I read somewhere, somebody said it better than I could, so I'll just repeat them. 
I cannot believe that CNN didn't cut the commercial. You know what I mean? Did you hear that blistering takedown, that blast of the Biden administration at every turn? I mean, that was brutal. The, what the, the the monologue you just heard there from Scott Jennings, CNN contributor, could have been aired on on Fox or on uh, OAN or on Newsmax or on this program. I mean, that is a blistering takedown by CNN. So you got Chuck Todd saying, "Yeah, he's losing it. He's uh, you know the American people people don't trust." Yeah, CNN saying, "Yeah, it's been a disaster." I mean, it really kind of makes you wonder: on what will they run in twenty twenty two? to try to keep their majorities. On what will they run this year? On what will they run in, in three years if they do decide to go for re-election? Talking about Biden and Harris. I mean, honestly, when you lose the leftist media base, you have lost, period, right? I think that's obvious. And yet some liberal Democrats believe it's time not for a capitulation and a change in strategy or a reset, but believe that the answer is to take a victory lap celebrating all of the things that they've done. A victory lap. His words, not mine. I'm going to share that part with you, too, coming up after the news. Second hour is guest-free, so get in line now and get on the radio at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. We are always right on AM 1420, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.